the weekly Hugh Demon. Full steam ahead. All right, the Dow, the transcendental router. Okay, now we're really getting a lot deeper into Vogelin this week. There's going to be a lot of definitions. And I don't think it's boring. I think this stuff is riveting. Um, and it's really getting to, getting into more relevance for, for the modern world. But I would try to speak slowly and lay it out as articulately as possible. So I want to do a brief review of the reality spectrum. In these podcasts, I talk repeatedly about, quote, the reality spectrum, unquote. It is like the touchstone of the entire Existence Strikes Back project. And by the way, if you didn't know it, there's a substack dedicated just to the Existence Strikes Back project. You can go check it out. If you go to the show notes here at the blog, The Daily Demon, um, you'll see a link to it. <coughs> anyway, the reality spectrum three parts the Tao essence and existence I'm not going to get into it here plenty of sites or plenty of links go check it out you can refresh it in your mind if you need to but modernity is a rejection of the Tao part of the spectrum I call it the great rejection folks with the modern mindset think they exist solely in the essence and existence part. All right, now Eric Vogelin, his analysis is uh, simpatico <laughs> with that, but it's it's different. It's a different tact. He didn't write about the Tao essence and existence and about how the rejection of the Tao has resulted in all sorts of problems. Instead, he wrote about, quote, transcendence, unquote, Quote, the metaxy, M-E-T-A-X-Y, unquote, and eminence, I-M-M-A-N-E-N-C-E. These are crucial terms. I'm going to define all of them. And he wrote about how the rejection of transcendence has resulted in all sorts of modern problems, most notably modern Gnosticism, which will be a moderate or major focus in the coming months. All right, so in the Existence Strikes Back project, we had the Tao, Essence, and Existence, but with Vogelin, we're talking Transcendence, the Metaxi, and Eminence. These terms aren't synonymous. They're intertwined. They're related. They're friends. They're co-workers, whatever, but they're not the same. Now, if you go to the show notes page, you'll see a diagram I've drafted. I did this by hand. I, I typed it up and I gave it to my assistant who put it in this nifty little graphic. You can go take a look at it, how I think these Vogelin terms and the Existence Strikes Back project terms relate to one another. And I, I want to mention that that attempt on my part is very un-Dow-like. <coughs> And it makes me wince just a little bit, but doing the best I can here to explain something that really can't be explained. All right. So transcendence and eminence are fundamental touchstones in Vogelin's analysis. Professor Eugene Webb, in his book, Eric Vogelin, Philosopher of History, defines eminent quite simply. He says, quote, present, 
within limited, mundane reality, the opposite of transcendent. <laughs> so it's one of those things where a definition leads to a definition. Um, he takes a lot more effort to define the term transcendent. From Latin, transcendere, I'm probably butchering that. I had one semester of Latin, my apologies. But it means to go beyond, surpass. It's a general term for that which extends or lies beyond some set of limits. It may be relative, beyond some particular limits, or absolute, beyond all possible limits. It's the opposite of imminent. And then he says, see also the beyond, or ground. And then he defines the beyond as that which is ultimate and is itself indefinable because it surpasses all categories of understanding. He defines the ground as the supreme, undefinable, transcendent reality that positions us or pulls and pushes us between transcendence and eminence. Which leads to a thing that Vogelin called the metaxi. The metaxi is that reality in between transcendence and eminence. Here's Webb again. My apologies for all this, but these are crucial terms. Metaxi is between. Plato's symbol representing the experience of human existence as between lower and upper poles. Man and the divine. Imperfection and perfection. Ignorance and knowledge and so on equivalent to the symbol of participation of being. Now, if you're into postmodernism, you see these poles, um, man of the divine, perfect imperfection. Those are things that get attacked by postmodernism, by, by them saying, well, you favor one or the other, and Plato started it. Um, I think Vogel would disagree. I, I'm really kind of out of my element here, a smidgen, but I don't think Vogel would have agreed. He would have said, no, Plato appreciated that ultimate mystery, that these poles are not, they're not wholly separate because we do exist in the metaxi where they come together. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off, uh, getting off uh, script here. The bottom line is, this all is not complicated. <laughs> it really isn't. But it, it is frustrating. Because when you jumble together all those terms, you know, from the diagram, if, if you go to the show notes, uh, with all these other definitional things, you get a mishmash of interweaving elements of reality, much of which cannot be defined. The whole thing is messy. And it's important to note frustrating. We don't want messiness. We want certainty. We want definition. We want control. Descartes certainly did. He wanted philosophy to be as certain as mathematics. That urge for certainty launched modernity and its core belief that the Tao, the Tao, because it cannot be defined or captured or controlled, must be rejected because it is not certain. My response? Too bad. <laughs> reality is what reality is. We want to be able to put it in a box, shake it up, and pour out a concoction that we can understand, but we can't. We can try, but then we get mystical formulations. And I'm going to read one. My, my daughter Meg actually gave this to me. I was talking about this whole concept. And she was, it sounds like Sergius Bulgakov writing about full reality as captured in the concept of the Holy Spirit. And she gave me this text from a book she was reading. 
The book is called The Comforter from Erdman's. Anyway, here's a quote. But logical knowing in and of itself does not yet touch reality because beyond or beneath the ideas of being, there is this difficult genus of Plato, this nothing which is also all. This nothing is mute, but it exists. It does not have a name, but it receives all names. Unquote. <laughs> Good luck mastering that. But that doesn't mean Bogokov's attempt to articulate ultimate reality is wrong. It just means we can't comprehend it all. There is more than what we can grab, hold, know, and define. We have to accept it. Thomas Aquinas did. After he got a full glimpse of reality toward the end of his life, he quit writing. Telling his friend Reginald, that everything he had written was mere straw compared to what he saw. Everyone must accept it. <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, some of us don't. And the folks who choose not to accept it are folks who suffer from nosos. N-O-S-O-S. -O -S. It's another Vogelin term. And by the way, most of Vogelin's terms are then Greek or some other ancient language. But... I know them as Vogelin's terms, but nosos, N-O-S-O-S, -O -S, spiritual, spiritual disease, a disorder of consciousness. Nosos takes many forms, and I'm going to be discussing them next week, but the fundamental trait common to them all is the rejection of life in the metaxi. You see, here's the thing. Our existence in the metaxi is wonderful. It opens us to love and beauty. An existence greater than burrowing in the dirt and caring about nothing more than the next meal or orgasm. But at the same time, that dirt keeps us grounded and gives us, gives us a base from which we can appreciate the lovely and the beautiful without becoming a New Age spiritualist. <laughs> None of us want to be Shirley MacLaine or those other freaks. Anyway, but the problem is life in the metaxi is also tense. It stretches us between those two poles of existence, transcendence and eminence. It kind of sucks. And some people can't take it. So they reject one of the two poles of existence. They either reject the eminent pole, wholly discredit it as either illusory or the creation of an evil demurge, or they reject the transcendent pole, wholly dismissing it as either non-existent illusory, or irrelevant to earthly affairs. Now, when I say reject or dismiss, it should be noted those verbs can take many different forms. It could simply be a neglect of one pole, and maybe ignorance or lack of appreciation for the pole, or maybe making one pole wholly subservient to the other pole. And I'll probably be exploring all that stuff, those different ways, those different... Those different uh, I don't know, manifestations or symptoms of the rejection in, in the future. But regardless of the form, the important point to note is that the folks who suffer from nosos and, and act on it to foist their stilted consciousness, their deeply flawed view of reality, their disease, on others, either through social or, in, or intellectual action informed through knowledge, are the Gnostics. This is crucial. So you have a spiritual disease. You reject one of the poles, the transcendent or the eminent. 
that's bad enough. But then either through your writing, your theories, or your social action, or your politics, you want to make everyone else accept that stilted reality. When you do that second part, you become a Gnostic, okay? Because you're saying, I got the special knowledge, and the special knowledge is nothing else but a pile of shit, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, you, you have a stilted consciousness, a stilted view of reality. You've rejected the Tao in, in the modern sense. Uh, ancient Gnostics did something on the opposite side of that. But you're rejecting it, and you're saying, no, everyone else has to accept it too. And like I said, the ancient Gnostics, they rejected the eminent pole and tried to voice that on everyone. Modern Gnostics reject the transcendent pole. And try to foist it on everyone else. Now, if you go back, if you look at that diagram, and I'm sorry that, you know, of all my podcasts, this is by far the one you probably want to look at the diagram the most. You, I like that you can just listen to this, but you may want to go check it out. But you notice the Tao and the Metaxi intersect. But that doesn't mean they're the same thing. The metaxi is the world of existence. It's where we live, think, and act. It's where we exist while on earth. The Tao is that nameless thing that underlies all reality. It encompasses transcendence, eminence, and the metaxi. It receives the transcendent signal, sends it into the metaxi where it informs eminent affairs. That's why on the diagram they're, they're kind of lumped together because the the Tao takes the transcendent signal, shoves it into the metaxi, and then shoots it out into the eminent, or into essence and existence. And that's why I say the Tao is the transcendental router. The saints and sages have a router hardwired with fiber optic. <laughs> they receive signals from transcendence and apply them masterfully to eminent affairs. Solon who is one of Vogelin's heroes, is a great example of this phenomenon, which is why I dedicated an entire essay-slash-podcast episode to him. When men like Solon, or women, are recognized and followed, good things happen. When such men and women are invisible or scorned, bad things happen. Modernity is the great rejection, the rejection of the Tao. Modernity, in other words, smashed the router. As a corollary, modernity has rejected leaders like Solon and embraced Gnostic leaders like Lenin. It has proven unfortunate, to put it mildly. 